This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. To another episode of Extreme Resurrection. I'm James Gruenberg alongside Steve Riddle. Steve, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Getting ready, uh, getting excited here to talk about two more episodes of ECW. Yeah, we're on the road to uh we're on the road to WrestleMania 23, which is gonna take place in Detroit in April 2007. Uh we're also on the way to uh No Way Out. So um, let's dive into it. Uh, we come from you uh, from Omaha, Nebraska. This is ECW February 6, 2007. We get a recap of last week. Uh, Mr. McMahon just berating the ECW legends like Tommy Dreamer, Sabu, Sandman, Balls Mahoney, and RVD. And he wants to bring in, like, what he calls the new breed. He starts off with Elijah Burke, but Elijah Burke gets beaten up by uh, the uh, ECW originals. And, uh, boy, did he take a beating. Mr. McMahon was not happy on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, Burke definitely uh, got, you know, he talked some shit and he, uh, he paid the price for it. Yes, he did. So we open up tonight's show with the ECW originals uh, in the ring. RVD, Tommy Dreamer, Sam Sabu, and Balls Mahoney. Mr. McMahon comes out. He starts to uh, make fun of the uh, EC. Well, first off, he makes fun of the co- um He makes fun of Nebraska asking, uh, you know, what's a corn husker? That's the Nebraska uh, <laughs> football team. And, you know, that's Nebraska's team. So he says, what's it called? What's a corn husker? <laughs> he calls the ECW originals has-beens, says they have criminal records, and then he calls <laughs> them dinosaurs. We all know what happens with dinosaurs. They get extinct. I thought this was some uh, good, funny stuff here by Mr. McMahon, you know, getting the crowd riled up and uh, in true Mr. McMahon fashion, you know, making fun of uh, the state that they're in. And, uh, you know, getting on the nerves of the uh, ECW originals because uh, Sandman looks like he was ready to swing that cane right at Mr. McMahon's head. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And yeah, the, the the inside, you know, reference about RVD and Sabu having criminal records <laughs> definitely cuts a little close to home. And uh, uh, Ball's there with the um, the neck brace on. Um, he was... Um, I think they talk about later, we talked about it later, but um, the night before on Raw, he pretty much got squashed by Umaga um, per per Vince's orders. So he's uh, suffering the um, he's feeling the consequences from that. Yep. So Mr. McMahon says that uh, some, but not all, the ECW originals will be in action tonight. Uh, we don't know which ones are going to be in action, but. Um, he lays down the law saying that any of the originals interfere in any of the matches, they'll be fired on the spot. So, you know, in true Mr. McMahon fashion, you know, he's punishing the originals. And then we get a Snitsky promo. Snitsky is coming to ECW. Yeah, I had completely forgotten that Snitsky was here was in ECW uh, briefly, and he's got the uh, the shaved head now, and um, definitely try I guess trying to uh, rebuild him as a as a monster after he had most recently been uh, had that was the little foot fetish thing that he had going on on Raw for most of those yeah. six. 
Yeah, I forgot about the foot fetish thing. You know, I remember like just Gene Snitsky coming in, doing the whole Lita thing, and then uh, whatever that was. And now he's uh, here in ECW trying to be that big, scary monster again. Mm -hmm. So we have our first match tonight. Kevin Thorne versus Tommy Dreamer. Matt Stryker is the special ref. Kevin gets on Dreamer early with a jawbreaker, a neckbreaker by Tommy. But Stryker won't count a pig, won't count the uh won't count the pin since his knee was hurting. So, you know, Matt Stryker playing up the heel referee won't count Tommy Dreamer's pin since his knee is hurt. A clothesline by Kevin Thorne, and Stryker then counts to three. So your winner is Kevin Thorne. Good heel, sort of like a good heel ref by uh, Matt Stryker, but uh, nothing nothing really much here, so I went a star on this one, Steve. I went three quarters of a star. It was, you know, pretty short and sweet. Um, you know, having Stryker as the ref, you know, was was fitting, you know, because you're playing up the whole like, you know, these guys sticking together. Um, yeah, Stryker's selling like the that he hurt his knee right as Tommy's going for the pen was funny, and then uh, then Thorne stealing the win there. Um, I always kind of thought it was interesting. I mean, we'll we'll obviously see the the full collection of guys at the end, but it always kind of didn't make a lot of sense to me why Kevin Thorne was in this group. Like he just looks so out of place with his you know with his like vampire gimmick. Um, it just doesn't like you know fit the narrative of this like you know this new like new breed thing we're going with here with these like young um you know good looking wrestlers i mean like obviously burke makes sense um striker in an essence makes sense because he's obviously a good talker and then when we get the other guy in obviously he easily he fits easily um but thorn always felt kind of out of place like i don't i mean like you know was the roster that the you know low on depth that they had like that they couldn't find anybody else to fill that fourth spot and they had to go with Kevin Thorne. Yeah, I probably would have put like hardcore Holly here to make him uh you know um more of the uh tough man here. But um I think it's because like you know Kevin Thorne's the only one with a gimmick so it doesn't make sense, you know like he's got the vampire gimmick, you know. But uh hardcore Holly is basically just doing his own thing. And, um, yeah, there's really not that many uh, heels left. I wouldn't know who else to put in. But uh, everyone else who's a part of this group uh, really does make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe almost like maybe Mike, Mike Knox would have fit better. Um, I, the only the only knock on th- I think about Holly is that, you know, he's been around for so long that he really isn't considered a young guy. So he I think he, be, he wouldn't, you know, fit that narrative either. So. I mean, like I said, maybe Knox or, I mean, <laughs> obviously you can't, The obviously probably the obvious guy you put in there is Punk, but you obviously don't want to turn him heel. No, you don't. Speaking of Hardcore Holly, Hardcore Holly is backstage. He will prove why he deserves to be ECW champion. And then we get a little uh, Bobby Lashley uh, package here on, um, you know, um, him talking about, uh, Bobby talking about him training in the military and him becoming like, you know, and a wrestler in the army and everything. Uh, he's got his family talking about it. So a really good package about uh, Bobby Lashley growing up and wanting to be a pro wrestler. What do you think of that, Steve? Um, I thought it was a, you know, fine little promo kind of giving you a little bit more of an insight on, um, on Lashley, his, um, his time growing up, the fact that he was a good amateur wrestler, um, obviously we had already known that he had been in the army. Um, so I, I think it was, you know, good little pro, uh, little vignette here to kind of, um, give a, give the people another side of, um, of Lashley that they may not have known about. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't, it was interesting. Um, you know, I came like talking about, I came like basically like running up that mountain or like wherever that was, uh, looked pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So now we do have Hardcore Holly versus Bobby Lashley. Title is not on the line here. Both men lock up. A clothesline by Lashley. Vertical suplex to Holly. Holly flings Lashley off the ropes. Lashley's rammed into the steel. Lashley gets thrown into the steps. Holly covers Lashley for a one count. Lashley slams into the turnbuckle head first. This is where it got brutal. Like he slams like really 
it like just nails his head right into the turnbuckle uh, as he goes after Holly. Holly moves, and uh, it looked bad on that one. Belly to belly suplex by Lashley. Holly gets flipped over, and then a dominator to Holly for the win. Uh, I want a star. I want a star and a half here, Steve. I liked it. You know, good performance by uh, Lashley, and um, you know, very good, a uh, good performance as well by uh, Hardcore Holly here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to start in three quarters. I thought it was a, like you said, a solid little match here. Uh, both guys, you know, have no issues being stiff with each other. So they, you know, get some good shots in. Um, good win, uh, clean win here for Lashley. Um, kind of keep continuing to establish him. Um, be interesting to see now what we do with Holly. You know, he's now, you know, he, he wanted the shot and he's now essentially lost clean. So we'll see what, uh, what happens with him. Yeah, um, so post-celebration uh, for Lashley, out comes Snitsky, which I wasn't expecting because we just saw a promo of him um, saying Snitsky coming to ECW. So I thought, oh, well, maybe they'll just save him for like a couple of weeks, you know, and uh, still play these promos. But no, he's, uh, he's let out of the gate real fast, um, you know. They uh, gave they gave Snitsky the green light, and he comes out and he gives Lashley a big boot, and then Alabama Alabama slam by Hardcore Holly. So, uh, what do you think of Snitsky making his debut here? Yeah, I'm with you. I I was shocked too, is because like we got the vignette for him, and then all of a sudden here he is, you know, and right off the bat going right after the champion, um, making a big impact. Um, got him good with that boot, and then um, and then Holly can like put the exclamation point out with the Alabama slam. So it seems like that he's not um, he's not done yet completely with Lashley. Um, so it'll be interesting to see now if um, if after we get through here with this little program with Holly, if they immediately um, shoot up Snitsky to that spot. Um, considering, you know, most of the other guys on the, on the roster are now currently in, intertwined with this, uh, originals new brief feud. Uh, yeah. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, since he makes a, a great impact here on ECW. Now we have balls Mahoney versus Marcus Corvon. And like you said before, Steve, uh, balls Mahoney is wearing a neck brace. And they showed a recap of what happened the night before on Monday Night Raw. Mr. McMahon punished Balls Mahoney with Umaga and gave him the Samoan spike. And so uh, Balls Mahoney is in a neck brace here. Marcus Corvon um, goes straight for the goes straight for the injured neck. A clothesline by Corvon. Balls punches Corvon with his uh, signature strikes. I know it's not called the pounce, but I think it's called like the body blocker. But uh, around here, I don't think they called it that yet. Uh, so I said Corvon hits the pounce on balls and a uh, and a sleeper for the win. So I went a star in a quarter, Steve. And I remember saying last time that it's time for Marcus Corvon to uh, move up on the roster. Instead of him facing jobbers, let's give him someone like a little Guido. And Balls is fine here. If you're going to want to, um, if you're trying to put over Marcus Corvon and make him a big bad heel, you know, Balls Mahoney is really perfect because still it's an ECW original versus a new breed. And uh, Balls seems like a guy that can help uh, get over some of these younger talents here. Yeah, I agree. I went um half a star on it. It was basically a squash. Um uh Stryker comes back out. He's now the guest timekeeper for this match, but he's um he doesn't obviously have to do much because Corvant pretty much dispatches of uh, Mahoney quickly. Um I like, you know, you know, smart by Corvant to kind of work on the neck, you know, knowing that that's to hurt hurts um body part. Um the pounce looked good and um you know, interesting this time, uh, he finishes with the Cobra clutch, um, which makes sense again with the injured, with balls is uh, injured neck. So, um, as I mentioned, you know, uh, I mentioned about like guys who fit in the new breed mold. Um, Corvon easily fits that mold here. I mean, he just looks so, you know, you know, jacked and he's ripped and he has that great charisma and, you know, he looks like you said, looks great here. And, um, 
now gets a quality win over a you know named guy like Balls, who you know does get a little bit protected because they could say you know he you know that he was hurt and he didn't, wasn't at one hundred percent, but still, um, great um, win here for Corvan, and he is um, really getting um, some momentum here, and he's going to be I think the uh, the impact player definitely for the for the new breed. Uh, yes. I believe, uh, I hope that uh, Marcus Corvan down the road uh, becomes a really good uh, impact player for the new breed as well. And now we have uh, an extreme expose uh, with Kelly, Brooke, and Layla. I said all three girls were, uh, were looked, looked very hot. You know, I still think Layla's got the best dance moves, uh, followed by Brooke. And then Matt Stryker interrupts and is the special ring announcer for our um, for our uh, main event here. And Marcus Corvon is the commentator, and Kevin Thorne is the timekeeper. <laughs> wow, uh, Marcus Corvon is the timekeeper, is the commentator. Although he does have some. Uh, he he's got some sort of uh, talk and like speech, so uh, you know it's it, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it, Steve? Yeah, I mean he definitely um, probably as we saw. Yeah, and he's I mean I mean you probably this might have been a better spot for striker, but I think um, the fact that he needs you know. I thought some. I thought of of, of all of them, uh, Corvon was a fine choice. And just quickly circle back to him, ex, the extreme expose. Um, I agree with you again. You know, Layla's clearly looking the best. Um, they all looked really hot. And uh, again, Striker being an asshole, cutting them off. Yeah. <laughs> so our main event is Rob Van Dam versus Elijah Burke. RVD bounces off the guardrail. A kick to the back of uh, Elijah's head. A monkey flip by RVD and a frog splash. The bell rings and there's confusion. So RVD goes to the frog splash and he's about to pin him. But um, Kevin Thorne rings the bell and like everyone's like, what's going on? Um, Elijah Burke gets in a low blow and he pins him. I actually uh, went a star on this one, Steve. Um, I thought it was, I thought it like it was a lame finish, and like you know, not that much of uh, spots between uh, RVD and Elijah here. So I went a star because I just thought like the main event was boring, but not the, not what the not the post segment of the main event, just what the match was. So one star on the match. I went a star and a half. I thought it was a you know decent little effort. Obviously, you know RVD's you know the underdog here because basically he's got all the odds against him. Uh, I thought he and uh, Burke you know had some good chemistry there, going back and forth there. And yeah, yeah the ending was a bit confusing because like he hits the frog splash and all of a sudden like Thorn and Ario ring the bell and then Striker announces Burke is the winner, um, which you know like you said leads to distraction and then Burke hits the low blow and gets the three. Um, so pretty much just, you know, angle driven here as RVD basically gets screwed over by the, by the new breed. Yes. So the new breed starts to gang up on RVD until the originals clean house. They start brawling with the new breed because the match is over. So technically the originals did not interfere in the match. They waited until the bell rang and they started beating up the new breed. A cane shot to Elijah Burke and a chair shot to Corvon as the ECW original stands tall again. That's going to do it for uh, this episode of ECW. But um, a nice little uh, opening, you know, that, I mean, a nice little uh, ending here that, uh, you know, the new the the new breed is trying to get one up on the uh, ECW originals. And they do with uh, Corvon getting Corvon and Corvon, Kevin Thorne, and Elijah Burke getting wins, but then the ECW Originals uh, clean house at the end, they stand tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, find ending here. Um, like you said, the new breed pretty much dominated the night, um, all of them getting wins. So uh, the original is currently in a hole, so we'll have to see how they uh, how they fare next week. Mm-hmm. 
So that is going to take us to ECW February 13th, 2007. Uh, I forgot. Uh, oh, yeah. We're live from uh, Seattle, Seattle, Washington. Before we get to uh, covering this show, let's talk about Andrew Test Martin. Because on the last episode, on the last two episodes, um, he was there for the rematch of was Tess versus Bobby Lashley, the ECW right after the Royal rumble. And then he is not seen on the ECW the following week, according to a blog, but a blog, an internet blog by Jim Ross. Tess had failed a drug test and was suspended Upon that um, announcement, a couple, maybe a couple of hours later, Tess would actually ask for his release, and he was granted that release. I would say that he felt that he needed to be released and let go because maybe he knew that he had a drug problem or that he knew that he was on the juice and that he needed help for for himself. Like he knew that he couldn't be in this position to be here in ECW or on the WWE roster because of his juicing. Because when he comes in, we all know that he looks pretty big and we don't know where that's coming from. So he gets suspended. And then uh, maybe like a couple of days later to that day, um, he would ask for his release because February 18th, he would ask for that release and he was granted that release. So February 18th, 2007 is test uh, last uh, WWE day. Your thoughts, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, really all you can say is, um, I mean, he came in with some good hype. Um, he was, you know, they brought him into UCW to be kind of one of their top heels and for, a while there, he he did really well. I mean, he was in the the elimination chamber in December and looked pretty good there. He had the feud with Lashley, um, but like you said, you know, you just look at him, you just realize he's he's definitely not healthy and he needs to you know get you know get himself together. And I know um, after this, he does a uh, he does like a really quick run in TNA. Um, he, I mean, I think he's only there for like a month or so um, under his real name. He was like the Punisher, I think was his nickname, uh, but he doesn't really make much of an impact there. And then um, like two years later in 09, he um, he tragically passed away. Um, I remember being stunned when I heard he had passed away because it's like he had, you know, after that TNA run, he had kind of disappeared for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you know, here he is, you know, you hear he passed away and it just it just sucks because he was a guy who I think had a lot of potential um, when you look at him when he first came into 99 as part of the corporation and then he broke it out of his own and then had this, you know, the angle with, um, dating Stephanie. And then I think, you know, when you look at like his, his breakout match, that match, the match he had with Shane at SummerSlam, I mean, you thought this guy was going to be the next cha- world champion at some point, the way he was, you know, getting over and how they were pushing him and, um, and then you know that I can, that all kind of fell apart. And then he has a you know good little two thousand with TNA, and then he you know kind of goes back and forth between heel and face through different factions throughout the years. And then he gets you know released in 04. Then like I said, this little comeback here. I, I think ultimately the thing that's going to define his 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 run is um miss potential, unfortunately, and that's that's really sad to think because he's a guy that I think had a lot of potential and just never fulfilled it. Yeah, for me, he always seemed like he was the enforcer, you know, like we all know that the big boss man was the enforcer with the nightstick, but Tess was the Tess was the heavy hand, you know, like with the big boot and like, you know, he just had like those like, you know, he had the diving elbow as well, but like the big boot, you know, he's tall. He just seemed like he and he's got the hair too. Like he always seemed like he was like the bodyguard and that's what he comes in as, you know, he became he was supposedly Molly Cruz, uh bodyguard and uh, got into wrestling he was right and hired hand for the corporation and um i think there was like a little like back and forth rumor as well that it was going to be test um which i don't know if it was that that was the rumor but like it could have been a really good one that test was going to be 
all Stone Cold's replacement at Survivor Series 1999 instead of the Big Show. I don't know if he would have won the title if he was the replacement, but I think the idea was floating around. It's like, well, if Tess is dating Stephanie and Vince hates Triple H, why not just give him his supposed son-in-law the uh, the title and the title shot, shot you know? But uh, they went the Big Show at the end. Um, he sort of reached um, some heights of uh, being like, you know, intercontinental and European champion. And he's a tag team. He's a multiple tag team champion as well with, um, you know, Booker T and then the uh, the Un-Americans, too. So um, I was surprised when he got released from TNA because I, I kind of enjoyed watching him as uh, Andrew, the Andrew, uh, the Punisher Martin. And uh, I didn't know how short that really was, you know, because like he came in like at like the height in like 07, you know, he debuts in August of 07. I guess he's done by like September of October. So I was really surprised there. And when he passed away, I was like, I was stunned. Like he was like, oh, my God, test like, you know, wasn't he like only like 30? He was like only like 33 or 34, too. So really young and uh Tess had all the potential and they just didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was um he was 33 when he passed away. He had actually um he was only f- he had passed he passed away on uh, March 13th, 2009, which was uh 4 days to what would have been his 34th birthday. Oh gosh, yeah. And then um he was also um not at the time, but I know that he and Kelly Kelly were dating. Um, I don't know if it was around this time or it was after he got released, but I knew that they had a little fling going on. And uh, she was like really upset like when he passed away and stuff, too. So, um, yeah, like there was a little uh, dating going on between Tess and Kelly. Mm-hmm. So this is EC. So, you know, on a brighter note, this is the ECW <laughs> February 13th show, 2007. It's a recap of uh recap of hardcore Holly versus Bobby Lashley. And with uh, Snitsy coming in afterwards, we are live in Seattle, Washington. We get Bobby Lashley versus hardcore Holly this time, Steve, in an E extreme rules match. So um, I like how they turn up the heat a little bit between Lashley and Holly, but they're not done with Hardcore Holly yet, and they give them this one Extreme Rules match. Punches thrown by both men. Lashley slammed into the Lashley slammed into the table. Belly to belly suplex to Holly onto the outside. Holly gets slammed again. A clothesline by Hardcore. Both men go over and out to the crowd. Holly bounces Lashley off the top rope. Holly slams Lashley into into the steel chair, but like it looks like it like it was like his throat first because like he bounces like his throat bounces off and it looks like Lashley can't breathe. Uh, you saw that spot, Steve? Yeah, that was pretty nasty. Yeah, it was. Holly then kicks the chair into Lashley's face. Then we have uh, Hardcore goes head first into the chair. A huge clothesline by Lashley. A backbreaker by Lashley for a two count. A baseball slide by Holly. Uh, then a power slam onto the chair for the three count by Lashley to Holly. I went two stars. Uh, it was a great opening. Uh, it's a great opening for ECW here. And uh a really great matchup between uh, both guys. You know, they they gave it their all, and like you know, with it being extreme rules, they uh, stepped it up a notch here. And hardcore is really great in these hardcore like extreme rules matches. Yeah, I I agree. I went um, two and a half. I thought it was a really good little match here between these two. Um, I like how early on, uh, like when they're on the outside, Lashley went out went under the ring for the table. And then, like after Hardcore got the advantage, he grabbed the table himself. But then he like put it back under the ring, much to the and like p- and, like really pissed the crowd off. And he's you know he was just like screw you, I'm not giving you what you want. Um, 
Yeah, they just again, like I said, they had really good chemistry. They really you know, went back and forth with each other. Like you said, that one uh, that chair that chair to the throat was really nasty. And again, another um, another clean win for Lashley. Um, and I know that uh, he actually on um, that Sunday at No Way Out, he's got a big ECW title match against uh, SmackDown's Mr. Kennedy. So they obviously wanted him to look you know strong here with a with a big win over Holly. And again, now Holly has now lost two straight uh, weeks in a row to Lashley clean. Uh, so you gotta wonder if he's um, if this is it for him, or if he's probably gonna if he wants to try to keep this uh, issue going. Uh, yeah, it is two weeks in a row that uh, Lashley is being hardcore Holly. So uh, let's see uh, where hardcore look. Let's follow. Let's see where hardcore goes from here after losing again. So we're going to continue now with the uh, uh, the um, ECW Originals versus the uh, New Breed here, as it's Tommy Dreamer and Sandman versus Marcus Corvon and Kevin Thorne. Thorne and Tommy start off. Corvon slams Sandman into the steps. It calls it a body block, so it's the body block to uh, Tommy Dreamer by Corvon. A neckbreaker to Corvon, an elbow by Thorne, attack to the Sandman. He gives um the he gives the her Karana to uh, Kevin Thorne, and then he gives a white Russian leg sweep to Corvon. Sandman gets hit by the cane by Kevin Thorne for the win. Uh, I went a star and a half. Um, I enjoyed the. I enjoyed this tag team matchup. I enjoyed uh, Sandman getting the Hurricanrana and the White Russian leg sweep. Even the heel, um, even the heel uh, tactic to win, like Kevin Thorne hitting uh, Sandman with the cane, uh, was really good. Was really good heel move, and uh, you know, so the the uh, ECW Originals get one. I mean, the New Breed gets one over on the uh, ECW Originals. So I went a star and a half here. Yeah, I went um, a star in three quarters. Um, really quick, uh, actually, before the match, we had another um, Extreme Expose um, where the girl, you know, Kelly, Layla, and Brooke did their, you know, did some more dancing, and then uh, that was interrupted by Thorn and Ariel. So uh, once again, they they get interrupted. Um, but um, the match itself, again, was you know was decent. Um, both teams looked pretty good. Um, I thought uh, Corvon and Thorne make a really interesting pairing, but it works well. And then obviously Dreamer and Sandman have teamed up before, so they obviously work well together. Um, I agree that Thorne using the cane to win was a um, nice little bit of chicanery there. But if you, I don't know if you know this, this noticed this, but apparently during the pin, um, one of Sandman's shoulders wasn't down. So um, the ref completely um, blew that one. Um, but either way, it was still a, um, a good win for the new breed. And again, you know, the originals are are on their heels. Yeah. I remember Joey, I think it was like Joey or Taz was like, Oh, well the shoulder was up anyway. So I don't know why the referee counted three, but, uh, you know, he originals got screwed here. So, um, yeah, bad botch by, uh, the referee. I don't know if they knew or not, but, uh, same man's uh, shoulder was up. Mm-hmm. Now we have for the ninth time, we haven't seen in a while anyway, so who's really counting? CM Punk versus Mike Knox. <laughs> Knox slams Punk face first, a drop kick by Knox, running knee and bulldog by Punk, the Uranagi, and then the Anaconda vice grip uh, by Punk for the win. Um, I, I, went like, I would go like a star, basically. Like, you know, it's like a casual... Uh, Casual uh, CM Punk match with Mike Knox. Uh, Mike Knox is uh, learning a couple of new holds, though. But uh, still, it's a star, basically. Like you know, it's just like CM Punk getting back on TV and uh, you know making uh, making Knox tap out here. Yeah, I went star and a quarter. Um, the the heat for this is pretty much all gone at this point. I mean, I don't I don't even think Joey and Taz kind of brought up the whole fact that it was you know Kelly's infatuation with Punk that's you know led to her and Knox splitting up. Uh, <laughs> so kind of funny that these two finally get their last blow off here, and you know by this point Knox and Ke- Knox and Kelly have moved on from each other. So <laughs> it's pretty much I think just a showcase here for Punk as he uh, as he gets the the fairly easy win here over Knox. Um, 
And then I'm, I'm sure you'll talk about what happens afterwards. Yeah, so CM Punk celebrates his win, and out comes Snitsky. He gives um, he gives CM Punk a beating. Uh, he gives Snitsky gives uh, CM Punk the uh, clothesline and the big boot treatment. So, Steve, looks like uh, Gene Snitsky here is the new test because Snitsky here is looking pretty big. And, uh, you know, he's, I think he was here to uh, replace Tess. You know, if they knew that, well, Tess is going to work out. Get us a new bigger, get us a new big guy here. So let's see if Snitsky wants to do it. So Snitsky does look uh, big here as well. Not as big as Tess, but like, you know, seems like he's powerhoused, like, you know, to take someone's head off. And he does it here and he did it last week uh, with Bobby Lashley. I'm kind of glad that they didn't go the route of, oh, give uh, feed uh, Snitsky to Bobby Lashley right away. You know, they're playing it off as, oh, that was just a one thing, one thing, but we'll see where it goes. But I'm glad that it didn't get to the point where it was, uh, oh, Snitsky versus Lashley. They're letting Snitsky ease in and just uh, beat up on everybody here. Yeah, I, I agree. Because I think if you're looking this, you're probably think you know you're probably thinking yourself, wait, didn't Snitsky go after Lashley last week? Why is he going after Punk this week? I think it's just you know he Snitsky's just attacking random people, and I think that's also why they had um, the previous week, even after Snitsky did attack Lashley, that Holly got the last um, shot in with the Alabama Slam to kind of keep you know keep let us know that that you know that Holly's still going to be having the issues with Lashley, and that um that Snitsky's just going to be you know just attacking uh, random people. Uh, for now, until he gets into a um, until he gets into a feud with somebody. Yes, yes, he will. Well, Steve, it is uh, believe it or not, it is time for the main event of this show as well. And uh, just like the last one between the ECW Originals and the New Breed, we get another tag team match between ECW Originals and New Breed. It is Rob Van Dam and Sabu versus Elijah Burke and Matt Stryker. Stryker and Sabu start off. A DDT to Stryker. A somersault by Sabu. Tagged to RBD and Burke. Sidekick by RBD to Stryker. Double leg drop by Sabu and RBD. A clothesline by Burke to Sabu. A monkey flip to Burke. Clothesline to Stryker. The rolling thunder to Burke. RVD dives onto onto Striker. Sabu misses a leg dive to Burke, and then uh, Elijah gets the pinfall after um, after Sabu misses that leg dive. I went a star and a half here. The finish seemed a little bit not not really though, but like it felt like um, again like Sabu lost his balance a little bit towards the leg drop, but uh, it was a good uh, nice little uh, miss by Sabu and. Um, for Elijah Burke to get the win here. So I went, um, like I said, a star and a half. Yeah, I went two stars. I thought this was a good little tag main event to close the show. Um, obviously, you know, Sabu and RVD, you know, have great chemistry together from their early days in ECW. And then I thought that, and then Burke and Stryker looked pretty good here as a team. Um, you know, they got some good time there, about um, seven minutes. And uh, yeah, that, um, it, it definitely looked like Sabu had, um, you know, got caught up there in the in the ropes and almost looked pretty bad. But I think um, Burke also kind of got his foot up there too to kind of you know to assist with that. So uh, he you know kind of you know he got the little last word in there. And again, you know, for the second week in a row now, um, the new breed basically pitched a shutout against the originals, and it's you know looking like um, you know the the new breed pretty much have the originals number. Yeah, uh, the new breed is standing tall here. As the ECW originals did last week, you know, they're raising their hands in triumph. So hopefully uh, Mr. McMahon is watching and, uh, you know, praises the new breed a little bit more and starts giving them uh, maybe maybe some title shots, but also, uh, you know, just like uh, little pushes here and there for the new breed as well. Yeah, uh, they're in a really interesting spot because you got this, you know, this feud going on between these two groups. Meanwhile, you have Lashley as champion, kind of like on an island onto himself, um, doing his own little thing. You know, like I said, these, you know, this feud with Holly, and as I said, you know, he's got the match of No Way Out with Kennedy. Um, 
So it's kind of interesting to see, you know, this like this. It's almost like, you know, the originals new brief feud is now kind of becoming the main crux of ECW. While Lashley, who's your champion, is almost kind of playing second fiddle to them after, you know, getting such a big, you know, moment there at uh, December to December, winning the title, you know, kind of being pushed as the face of the brand. And now all of a sudden he's kind of be, I mean, obviously as we'll see, he's got, you know, something really big going about to come down the pike. Um, but for now you're, you're kind of looking at it like he's playing second fiddle to this, to this um, originals new breed, new breed feud. Uh, yeah. And um, I wanted to bring that up. Uh, I didn't know that um, is no way out. Um, the Sunday from this uh, ECW episode? It is, yes. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't even know. Like, No Way Out kind of just like crept up on me. Usually they announce these things like, oh, Ashley's got a title defense. I don't even think I heard mention of it. Uh, so, um, I was like, that's kind of bad on ECW's part, not mentioning uh, who they're going up against, you know? Right, well, I don't know if the match had been, annou- had been announced yet, but... um. I know that you know none of this. Uh, none of the guys on on the ECW have a match at um, and no way out because it's still technically a SmackDown show. Mm-hmm. Um, even though um, you've got the obviously the big main event for that show was uh, Cena and Shawn against Taker and Batista. Um, That's right. So, but again, you know, at least it gets you know ECW a little bit of representation on the show, even if it is you know the champion going against the you know going in a random match against a SmackDown guy. I think for Lashley's case, you do need SmackDown guys like to challenge because you, you can't really feed him the the heels anymore on ECW because there's little to there's not many heels. There are heels, but there's not that many. So you do need a, a SmackDown heel here and there to go up against Lashley for these uh, pay-per-view events until ECW establishes its roster and uh, gets the heels in order here. Cause we know who the heels are, but I don't think that the WWE writers know what to do with the ECW heels yet. You know, so this little feud is going well here because we don't know what we're going to do. And I don't think any of these guys that were yet ready to face Lashley uh, to represent the new breed here for an ECW title shot. So props to WWE for giving us this uh, ECW originals and uh, new breed feud here and letting Lashley venture off uh, onto his own here, but still representing with uh, hardcore Holly as well, because um, you know, like uh, CM Punk, um, you know, also is in his own little, uh, little island too but he's just getting started so you can't really you know force punk into these uh factions yet because you know he's still getting started as well Mm -hmm. yeah and and you don't want to force punk into you know facing lashley because then you're gonna you know that's gonna hurt lashley i think a lot more because you know clearly the the crowd would side with punk and they obviously don't want lashley to lose the title get the punk so you're you're kind of you know you're kind of uh, almost kind of backed into a corner because like you said, right now the best heels on ECW are in the, are in the new breed who are feuding with the originals. So you really got, you know, nobody believable for Lashley on ECW, the challenge, you know, the challenge Lashley for on ECW. So like you said, uh, giving him a guy like, you know, like a Kennedy on smack from SmackDown is a good enough uh, pick for him, especially for pay-per-view. Yeah. So obviously we want to know where, What's going to happen with Lashley as after the results of No Way Out? Where does his ECW Originals versus New Breed feud uh, go from here as it continues marching on? And what uh, what will become of uh, Snitsky, uh, who just arrived on the scene and, uh, you know, he uh, attacked, made an impact by attacking Bobby Lashley, but also just annihilated Punk, too. So uh, I want to see where Snitsky goes as, uh, you know, also we march on to WrestleMania 23. Um, One more question, Steve. I don't know if it was uh, announced. Did Undertaker... Um, make his um did undertaker uh tell everyone like uh make his announcement on who he was going to uh fight for uh like which championship he's gonna fight for yet here 
yes. So that was back on the um, on the February fifth Raw before the the first episode of ECW that we reviewed. They did a um, they did a big thing where Cena, Lashley, and Batista were all in the ring. Taker came out. He you know looked at all three of them, and then he did like the the throats the the Batista. You know, implying, you know, basically saying, like, I'm challenging you for the title. So Taker Batista was now um, officially set. And then later that night, actually, was when um, Sean defeated Edge and Randy Orton uh, to get the WWE title shot against Cena. So the two um, the two main titles are now set for Mania. And that was also the that was, like I mentioned, the big hook for No Way Out was that was the uh, Cena, Sean versus Batista Taker tag match. So it's the two the two main events uh, going against each other. Just imagine what would have, what could have been if Undertaker gave the slow, uh, the slow throat slit to Lashley ECW Extreme Rules match for the ECW title. Undertaker versus versus Bobby Lashley because, like you know, he's uh, um, Undertaker can still go through tables and stuff. You know, he can still take chair shots. Not really though, but like you know. He can see he was still doing it at this time. So imagine if that was Undertaker's choice, an extreme rules match for the title. I I could have seen that. Like that would have been awesome. It would have been uh, interesting to see. It also would have been interesting to see, given the um, the push that Lashley's getting right now, if they thought if they if he would have been the one to break the streak. Oh yeah, it was like uh, they were on the fourteen and zero there too. So, yeah, um, it could have been interesting to see, like, all the mighty ruler, uh, Bobby Lashley. Well, before we uh, wrap things up here on Extreme Resurrection, Steve, do you have anything uh, you can direct our uh, listeners to uh, on the uh, other Place to Be podcast uh, shows or or uh, other uh, things? Yeah, so you can usually find me over on the uh, PTB Pop Experience. I have a couple of shows over there. I have Pop Goes the Classics, where myself, Andy Atherton, and Miranda Berthold are going through all the Disney animated films. Uh, this month, we will be discussing Hercules as we hit this uh, the second half here of the Disney Renaissance with some of these other these uh, kind of lesser known films of that period. Um, I also have Making Mount Rushmore where me and a group of people come on and we basically discuss various topics. It's a lot of fun to do with some great voices. Um, and of course, I also have the video jukebox song of the day, uh, where it's mainly right now. It's pretty much just been myself and Andy kind of going back and forth with a bunch of different videos. But basically, we watch a music video and we talk about it. Uh, it's a great way to kind of start your day. It's every Monday through Friday. Uh, we have various um, theme weeks every other week. Um, like this month, we did a theme week on um, for Weird for Weird Al Yankovic um, to kind of commemorate the. Uh, the, the biography film that came out on him, uh, Weird the Al Yankovic Story. So be sure to check all that stuff out. Uh, be sure to check out everything else on the Pop Feed as well as uh, the North South Connection Feed. Lots of great um, shows going on over there. Uh, and be sure to you know follow us on our uh, PTB Facebook page. Lots of great uh, discussions and um, questions. Of course, we have uh, occasional tournaments going on. So um, if you want to get involved, just give us a shout. We'll invite you onto the, um, onto the Facebook page. So lots of great stuff there. Yes, indeed. And you can find me. Um, well, I was recently a guest in the Ruthlessly Aggressive, a Ruthlessly Aggressive podcast with Jacob Williams over on the North South Connection feed. Uh, we covered No Way Out 2000, 2003. You can uh, look back on that um, as we give our thoughts on the return of Stone Cold. And as uh, Jacob uh, gets on the march to WrestleMania 19. And uh, you can also find me uh, by the time this drops or around the time that this drops, uh, you can find me on the uh, Place to Be Nation uh, Mothership uh, podcast where um, me, Justin and Scott, we uh, went through the vaults into Unforgiven 2008. We will we covered that show, which featured uh, three championship scramble matches from Cleveland, Ohio. So uh, be sure to check that out when that when that drops as well. Well, that's going to do it from us here tonight on Extreme Resurrection. He's Steve Riddle. I'm James Gruenberg, and we will see you next time. Trouble, you're gonna see that.
Stay. 